seated. Thank you, Pastor Burgess, for the introduction, those words. Thank you, Bishop Johnson, for the invitation to be in this conference again. We have been coming for a number of years and had the privilege of preaching several times, and it's always an honor and a thrill to be in this Heritage Conference. To me, this is the best conference for youth that I know of anywhere. Amen. Amen. It's a very safe place. Amen. Everything is, the priorities are set right. And uh, I know that we're going to have a wonderful time here together this week. Amen. And uh, we appreciate Brother Johnson. He's been in our pulpit many times, was just with us twice this year already. And we feel a very close kinship and bond with this wonderful, wonderful man of God. Amen. And uh, I feel honored tonight to be a part of, of this particular conference. This will never be duplicated again. Amen. It will never happen again, not, not in our lifetime. <laughs> Amen. Brother, Brother Moody will be 80 in September. Brother Picklesimer is 78. Amen. Brother Martin is 75. Brother Godair turned 75 yesterday. Happy birthday. I'm 73, and Brother Johnson's 71. My son Justin came up with a theme song for us old preachers last week. I don't need no rocking chair, Geritol or Medicare. This old gray hair don't mean a thing. There's still some preaching in our veins. What you've got is a bunch of old preachers tonight, but we love this truth. Amen. Just for a moment before I get started, amen, I would also like to ask even every preacher that is three score and ten plus that's here in this building to stand tonight, if you would. Seventy plus. Amen. We honor you also because you have preserved this great heritage. Amen. I'd like to ask those that are from 50 to 70 to stand. There is a lot resting on your shoulders for the continuation of this great apostolic truth. Even I'd like to ask all those that has the call of God on your life, even that's under 50, even 50 and under to stand. Amen. Amen. What a future. What a future. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So we're excited about what's going to happen this week. I pray the Lord would 
talk to us, use us tonight. Amen. ask you to stand again. We're going to read two verses of Scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, and Titus chapter 3 and verse 8. Amen. Give you just a moment to find it. Oh, what a prayer meeting this afternoon. What a beautiful sound. What tremendous singing tonight. Amen. This, this is an apostolic meeting. And we're glad to be a part of it tonight. Amen. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 1. Paul reaching the closing years of his life in ministry. Amen. says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you, it is safe. For me to write the same thing to you, indeed, is not grievous, but for you, it is safe. Titus chapter 3 and verse 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto you. Amen. God bless you. Would you lift your hands together one more time and ask the Lord for His special touch and visitation. God, let that anointing be on us tonight. On the Word, on the Speaker, on the hearts, God, of those that sit in this house tonight. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. Paul in his final years is solidifying the fact that the reason that the gospel has continued to be perpetuated and preached in clarity and in truth is because that he has continued and others have continued to say the same thing over and over again. And he addresses the young preacher representing the next generation. Amen. And charges him that you should continue to affirm this message constantly. Amen. It is the right and good thing to do. Amen. I want to challenge this tremendous group of young adults is in this conference tonight. Amen. When I look at you, I'm looking, amen, at some of the finest young people that's anywhere in the country today. Amen. Intelligent, amen, beautiful, handsome, amen. You've got so much going for you. And the great thing is, is you come from the best churches, amen, in America. 
Praise God. You've had the greatest teaching. You've been privileged to sit under the greatest ministries. Amen. I'm going to say tonight, amen, as carefully as I can, but amen, being honest tonight, when you look at we preachers that are in this lineup, amen, maybe by the help of God, maybe 10 years more of active, productive ministry, if we're blessed, amen. But you are the future of the apostolic church. Amen. Not only these preachers that stood tonight between 50 and 70 and those below, amen, but many of you that are out here, you are the future, amen, of this glorious, wonderful apostolic church. Amen. I'm not worried about this week. Amen. We're, we're on holy ground this week. Amen. We're, we're, amen. We're among angels. Amen. In this place this week. There's going to be refreshing. There's going to be renewal. There's going to be victories won in this meeting. Amen. I'm not even worried about the next 90 days because the afterglow of this meeting will last at least, amen, the, the next 90 days. But what I'm concerned about tonight is the next five years uh, or the next 10 years. Uh, Amen. Most of you that are here tonight, amen, and I know many of you came looking for a companion, and that's noble and wonderful. And many of you in five to ten years will be preaching, pastoring churches, amen, teaching Sunday school, maybe on the mission field. Amen. You'll be the leaders of your local church. And it's what I worry about then, about the decisions that you are going to make, amen, the stand that you're going to have, not this week, amen, we're on holy ground, but 10 years down the road, amen, how strong are you going to be defending this glorious, wonderful, apostolic truth? If you will permit me tonight to use a sports analogy, and Paul did this a number of times Amen, relating to sporting events. But in a relay race, the passing of the baton is the most critical moment of the race. The proper passing of the baton, it happens when the existing runner is about to complete his or her phase and the next runner is about to run the next phase of the same race. The most crucial part of the race now happens. It's in the passing of the baton for and for just a moment during this race. Both runners are holding the same baton. This is the key to winning the race. It's a moment where both players are fully engaged in the same race. Even during this critical moment, the first runner, without losing any speed, is fully preparing to release the baton, but will not release it until the second runner, gaining equivalent speed while preparing to take hold of the baton, has actually grasped it. And not until the second runner has fully grasped the baton can the first runner release the baton. And this is called the proper 
transition. That's what this is about in this conference in 2015. You've got an accumulation, amen, of actually several hundred years uh, of ministry and experience, uh, amen, that's represented in the preaching of this conference. Uh, and what we're trying to do is we're going to pass off of the scene. But hey, we want to know that somewhere in this transition that we've both got a hold of the same message. Praise God. August the 21st, 2008, at the World Olympics in Beijing, China, the United States relay team was competing for their 16th gold medal. And in the course of transition, the baton was dropped and the U.S. team was disqualified. It was heartbreaking. Amen. Let me tell you, we cannot at this point suffer a generational disconnect. Hallelujah. I said we cannot. It's imperative. We cannot suffer a generational disconnect. You've got to have your hands on it before we turn it loose. You may be seated, and so I give you the title tonight. Amen to my message in the form of a question. Who will tell it when we're gone? Who's going to tell it? Amen, when we're gone. Oh, we'd all like to live forever. But we know what reality is. Praise God. The reason that we have maintained strong churches, as has already been said, is because we have kept saying the same thing over and over and over again. We're not looking for a new revelation. I'm not trying to get a hold of some hocus pocus something. Heaven, I want to just let truth keep on marching on. They asked they ask an old black bishop who had a strong holiness church, successful church. And they said, Elder... Eben, how did you build this, this strong church? And he said, well, it's real simple. He said, in the beginning, said, I just told them, Eben, the simple gospel truth. And I come back and I told them the same thing again. And I come back and told them again and again the same thing. And I'm going to tell you, that's what has brought the church to where we are. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to tell you, even the years that's been invested, not just for us on the platform, 
Amen. But ministers, let's tell this truth. Amen. We don't need you to change anything. Don't get no ideas. We need you to stand for what we have stood for and preached. You can be seated. Mark 7 and 32. They brought to Jesus a man that was deaf. He could not hear and also had an impediment in his speech. And they besought the Lord that he would put his hands on him and heal him. And the first thing that Jesus did, the Bible said that he took him aside from the multitude. Amen. He took him aside from the multitude. And then Jesus put his finger, his fingers in this deaf man's ears. And then he spit and touched his tongue and said, be open. And straightway, first of all, his ears was open. And then the string of his tongue was loosed and he spake plain. I'm going to tell you that there is a correlation between hearing and speaking. You got to hear it right or you're not going to speak it right. The last, the last 15 or 20 years, Pentecost has endured too much impediment preaching. And it's produced a generation, amen, that don't know how to speak it plain. You've got to hear it right to speak it right. And thank God you're blessed that you've heard it right. Somebody told you the plain gospel truth. Took all the filigree away. Amen. And line upon line and precept upon precept. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you, you've got to hear it right to speak it right. And if you're going to hear it, amen, it's going to be all that's producing with this impediment preaching is a charismatic type. Amen. A lack of faith in God. We, 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 I'm afraid sometimes we get used to fancy preaching. Pardon me, amen, but we grew up on plain preaching. Amen, where they shucked the corn. Amen, and threw the cob at you. And they didn't dance around your feelings. And they didn't worry about trying to tiptoe around hey, whatever your little situation was. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is, not, this is not an indictment against the younger preachers. We got some of the greatest young preachers. I'm telling you, we are thrilled with the future of this wonderful apostolic church. But I'm telling you in many circles tonight, it's all about pretty preaching. It's all about saying good, beautiful words. 
I've sat and listened to some of them. Even they could preach the same thing in a Baptist convention. When they get through, even you don't know what they intended to say because they never could get it out. Even what we need is plain preaching. Say it like it is. Preach it like it ought to be preached. Nehemiah chapter 13. Ibn Israel had backslidden and they had fallen into such a low estate. And their relationship with God, Ibn had gone south. And the Bible said Israel, the Israelites had married wives of Ashdod and Ammon and Moab. And their children spake half in the speak of Ashdod and could not speak in the Jews' language but according to the language of each people and what it was they had so intermarried, even with these heathens. When you study out, even their history, even they were not even allowed into the house of God. But the Israelites had intermarried and they had become a mixed breed and they had lost their identity, even as Israelites, any longer. And I'm going to tell you that's the danger, even that Pentecost is facing today. Amen. I'm going to just tell you, you young folks that's looking for a companion, amen, it's better not to marry just for beauty, amen, and physical attraction. They actually developed a new language. Eben, it was part Jewish and part Eben of Moab and Ashdod and Ammon. Eben, it was a different language altogether. And I'm going to tell you that Nehemiah became so angry and so passionate about what was taking place. The Bible says this, that he became so angry that he contended with them. He stood up face to face with them. And I don't know what he said, but this is what the book said. He cursed them. He contended with them and cursed them and pulled out their hair and made them swear to God saying, Ye shall not give your daughters unto their sons, nor take their daughters unto your sons or for yourselves. Can I tell you tonight, Amen. That you better be careful. Just because they attend another Pentecostal church does not mean they're compatible with what you've been taught. I don't care how pretty they are. I don't care if they register at 10. Brother, you better find out what they've been taught. Even what their convictions are. Praise God. I hope this is not too rough, but I tell folks I'm raising thoroughbreds. And we ain't crossing thoroughbreds with jackasses. Hallelujah. We're not giving our young ladies even to some even little Don Juan that comes pressing through that don't have 
Amen. The Holy Ghost and don't have convictions. she comes to the altar when prayer time you better see if she's in the front worshiping God when it's worship time you better be sure that young man he been is where he ought to be and got his priorities right praise God amen Judges chapter 12 amen Jephthah and the Gileadites had fought with Ephraim it had been a long battle. Amen. They slew them and overcame them. And those that escaped came to the passage. Amen. That was guarded by the Gileadites. Amen. And they wanted to pass safely through. And these Gileadites stopped them and said, Art thou an Ephraimite? And they said, Oh, no, no, no. We look just like you. Amen. We're the same tribe you are. Amen. We're, we're Pentecostal. We're apostolic. Amen. Oh, yeah. We, we belong to the same circle that you belong in. Amen. But hey, hey, hey. We're going to find out, really, you can't fake holiness. You can't fake righteousness. You can't fake convictions. Hallelujah. And so they said to Abraham, the Ephraimite that wanted to say he was a Gileadite, Say now, Shibboleth. Twist your tongue. Wet your lips. Abraham, think about it. Try to get it right. Try to say you're just like the rest of us. But when it came out, it was Shibboleth. The Bible said they could not frame to say that TH sound. And I'm going to tell you, you better hear this old preacher tonight. Brother, if they don't have it in their heart, if they don't have it and they haven't been taught, amen. They'll pull you back to that worldly church they came out of. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I stand here carefully tonight, and I don't envy this next generation or your generation. You are facing challenges like no generation ever before. No generation. We've gone through our trials and we fought our battles. Even we go back to where we fought the television issue and the video issue and all of those issues. But I'm telling you, Amen. there's moral issues that you are going to have to make decisions on. And if you're all fluffy about it and you don't have some grit and guts and backbone...
It's sad, it's sad. America has made the same mistake that Israel made. Forsaken the fountain of living waters. Hewn out broken cisterns that will hold no water. I'm going to tell you, it's a sad day. America has shut God out of the schools. Shut God out of government buildings. Shut God out of the White House. Shut God out of government. Shut God out of churches. It's a sad day. Amen. This book still says righteousness exalteth a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Praise God. You can be seated. I feel compelled to say what I'm going to say tonight. Because this is where we are. Amen. What the Supreme Court did on June the 26th, on Friday. Amen. What they did. Amen. They have invoked the judgments of God upon America. They have violated divine order. And I don't believe that God is going to let America get by with it. 226 years ago, when George Washington, the first president, was being inaugurated, he had his hand on the Bible. And you can look this up. He spoke a prophetic warning to America that has now come to pass. He said, the proficient smile of heaven can never be expected on a nation that turns away from the eternal rules of order and right. And that's what America did. Amen. The five, amen, or five, was the five to four vote. Amen. And that's what they did when they accepted same-sex marriage in America. Amen. I'm still an American. I'm still proud to be an American. Hallelujah. I still get I still get goosebumps up and down my back when I look at that big old flag waving. Pledge the allegiance and sing. Amen. That beautiful song of America. Amen. I'm going to tell you this nation began its existence on the foundation stone of the word of God. This nation, America was conceived established and dedicated to the glory of God. It's there, one nation under God. Amen. But I'm telling you, amen, this liberal political world, amen, is trying to rewrite history on everything we know. And God will withdraw His blessings. America has been blessed. But God will withdraw His blessings on America. You can write that down. I read just recently in the last few years where we have allowed, not we, but America has allowed 55 million abortions. Can I tell you that America is in trouble tonight? The day that they made it a law, even for same-sex marriage to be okay, even all across the nation and in foreign countries, they celebrated immorality in the streets. 
Sin rejoiced in the streets of America. Amen. And President Obama, amen, as soon as it was passed, made a phone call, amen, to the man that sent it to the Supreme Court and congratulated him, amen, on doing the right thing. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to tell you that they have, amen, they have profaned the sacred and they have sanctified the profane. Hallelujah. America has reached an all-time low in moral apostasy. And I believe I'm looking at a generation that's going to refuse to bow down. say, Brother Jackson, what's the relevance of this? You know, why are you talking this in a, in a youth convention? Because you are going to have to face these issues. Whether you stand or fold is going to determine. I'm going to tell you tonight that God's church will never accept same-sex marriage. The Supreme Court is a threat to our democracy. Young people, look at me tonight. There is another law. And there is another judge. And there's no appeal when he can swear by no greater. He swore by himself. He don't have to apologize. It's in the book. He's made the law. And we're going to stay with the supreme law and the supreme judge. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. I'm sick of it up to here. You hear me? Sick of it. My God, this world is in a gender identity crisis and they make heroes. They make heroes out of somebody that don't even know what they want to be. Push men that's fought and died for our liberty and freedom in the background. Men without limbs, men that suffered, men that will never get over the sacrifice they've made. And they put on the front pages of magazines and papers, hey, been these stupid people that don't even know what they are or what they ought to be.
God bless you. Just just before they made the, you know, the ruling, even I told my sign man, I said, put on our sign out there. Even the Supreme Court might, but God never will. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. These politicians trying to rewrite American history from can to can. Amen. Sad to say, but I told these brothers in the office tonight, the America that you got to live in, and we still love it, will never be the America that my generation knew. Brothers and sisters, the 50s and 60s, we may have had our issues but it was like heaven on earth compared to what we're dealing with tonight. The challenge is there. Who's going to tell it when we're gone? Ten years from now, God tarries and heritage is still going on. I tell you who's going to tell it. You and you and you. We're not going to bend, we're not going to bow, and we hope we don't burn. Praise God. I'll tell you why. Jesus said upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Hallelujah. Let the heathen rage. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld its glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. For without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other gospel. Praise God. God bless you. Amen. It's not just our doctrine that's in danger. Brothers, I'm going to tell you this holiness message that we have given our life's blood and lost friendships over. Amen. Is in jeopardy tonight. You know what? Amen. I'm leaving the liberals alone. We can't change them. You know what concerns me? Is the conservative movement. 
I've never seen so many knees shining. Tight dresses. You say, well, what's that matter? It matters everything. Brother, when I got in, they preached against earrings, necklaces, finger rings, dinner rings, school rings. I don't even like ringing rings on the telephone. Amen. But you can go now, amen, and that has lost. That generation in most areas, it's already gone. There's no bringing it back. Thank God when you raise your hands, there's no rings on your fingers. Hallelujah. You still got this holiness message inside of you. We don't believe in our girls cutting their hair, trimming their hair, putting on makeup. I'm looking all over this building. I don't see any moustaches. No goatees. No facial hair. That's the way it's supposed to be. You can't go to some Pentecostal meetings and say the same thing. Praise God. Amen. It's not just the girls that we have to worry about. It's these boys with these effeminate clothes. Little old, little old tight skinny britches. Amen. Hey, you boys don't need to fix your I'm telling you, we got to keep it. We can't lose it. It don't take but one generation. One generation. And nobody will be preaching against jewelry or rings or cut hair or makeup or pants on girls. That's what old time Pentecostal preaching is all about. It's plain preaching, plain preaching, plain preaching. God bless you. I'm almost done. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, Sister Jones, can I tell you thank you again? I said it last year. I mean, it's not a candy stick, but it's a difficult problem in Pentecost. Music is. Thank you, Sister Jones. Beautiful, great, good old-time music with a message. There used to be an old sister at Texas Count Meeting. She'd sing and hold up a Bible and said, 
I don't know all the words. In my hand, I hold a letter written by an elder brother. And it's grand and it's grand. And we sing that old song, just leave it alone. Don't change it, just leave it alone. Praise God. If I'm offensive in what I'm going to say, I'm sorry, you'll get over it. Amen. But I'm telling you, these, these places where they don't ever sing those old songs about the blood, the songs about heaven, and songs of faith, and songs about the oneness of the Godhead. They're letting a generation slip through their hands. I still like it. Hallelujah. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is He. The everlasting Father. The King eternally. The wonderful in wisdom. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead. It's all in Him. Jeremiah 6 and 16. Stand ye in the way. And see and ask for what? Well, what should you be asking for? Not something new. Not something that's, I mean, spectacular and nobody's ever heard. But you need to be asking somebody about the old past. And you need to see it for yourself. You need to get the revelation of God in Christ Jesus. And when we fade out, we're gone. Who's going to tell it? You're going to tell it. Because this truth is going to keep on marching on. This truth is going to keep on marching on till Jesus comes. Come on, lift your hands and let's glorify Him. Come on, praise Him tonight. Get the connection. Hold of that baton. We're not going to turn it loose till you've made the connection, till you've got a hold of it, till the transition is made. Come on, let's lift our hands right now. Come on, I think we need to pray, God, give us a love for truth tonight. Would you do that with me? God, give us a love for truth tonight, God. Like we've never had before, Jesus. Oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, we got to get this in our hearts tonight. I want you to pray with me. God, get it in my heart tonight. Let it go beyond lip service, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
Come on, we don't need to be in a hurry right now. We don't need to be in a hurry right now. We need to pray. Come on, everybody in the house, I'm asking you to lift your hands with me, please. Come on, why don't you begin to pray? God, help me to be what you want me to be, God. God, I'll handle the truth. I'll handle it carefully, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, God. Come on, is there somebody here that will symbolically lift up your hand and say, Brother Jackson, I'll handle the truth. I'll handle it right. I'm not going to let this message go. Come on. Come on, lift your hand symbolically and say it. I'm going to handle Acts 238 right. I'm going to handle holiness right. I'm going to handle separation from the world right. Hallelujah. Lord. 